Now, did you ever consider what the heart of Jesus is like? You know, perhaps you have a good understanding of Jesus' life, his ministry, certainly maybe much of his miracles and his teachings. You probably know a lot about that, about Jesus. But do you know about his heart? Now, whenever you read about the heart in the Bible, it's usually not referring to a, a, a person's emotions. So I'm not talking about the emotions of Jesus, though certainly that would be an interesting study. and Maybe that'd be another topic for another sermon series. But I'm talking about the essence. What is truly the heart of Jesus, the, the essence of Jesus? You know, if you truly get a glimpse of who Jesus is, his splendor, his majesty, his perfection, it can be so easy for you to think, how could someone so lovely and so majestic truly love someone so unlovely as me? I'm talking about if you truly get a glimpse into his perfection and his holiness and his righteousness, it can be easy to draw the conclusion that in your imperfection, in your unholiness, in your sinfulness, how could you ever approach him? How could you ever draw close to Jesus? You know, I hate going fishing. It's not because of the part where you have to cast the line. It's not because of the part of waiting, you know, patiently for something to bite. It's not even the pulling up once you have caught something. The, the, the part that I hate, the part that I, I hate the most, it's the part where you grab this slimy, gooey, squishy, squirming, creepy, crawly bait and jab a hook through it. That's the part that I hate. That's the part that absolutely grosses me out. I think sometimes we have that view of Jesus about us because we don't truly know his heart. We believe that we're like that worm. We're like that bait. We're like that smaller fish. And, and as Jesus goes out to grab us, he grimaces a little bit or he looks at us and he gags or he holds his nose to avoid inhaling too much of our stench. We feel that way. But is that truly his disposition? Is that what Jesus believes about you? Is that Jesus' heart for you? Is this what he sees or feels for us? Today we're starting this brand new series. It's called Gentle and Lowly, and it's based upon a new book by author Dane Ortland. And I've been reading through this book, and hey, I, I have a challenge for you. I want to encourage you guys to read along with me. In fact, if you're watching this today and you want a free PDF copy of the book, I'd love to put one in your hands. Just go ahead and shoot us a DM and let me know that you want one and give me the best email to send it over to you. And I would love to give it to you as a gift with the encouragement to read it along with us. And in this book and throughout this series, we want to truly examine the heart of Christ towards sinners like us. I believe that as we study the heart of Christ, we're going to be drawn more to him and closer to him. And I also want to perhaps show you a glimpse of Jesus's heart towards you that you never thought of before. Maybe you've never seen this side of Jesus or you've never noticed it. And additionally, I want to correct your perception of Jesus because perhaps your understanding of Jesus has been warped by either your own misunderstanding or by the misleading of culture. And so I want to correct that a little bit. So where do we learn about the heart of Jesus? We look to the Word of God. And in the entire New Testament, there's one place where Jesus gives us a glimpse, in His own words, gives us a glimpse into His own heart. And it's found in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through 30. So I want to encourage you guys to come and read it with me. Here's what it says. It says, Come to me, all who are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
take my yoke upon take my yoke upon you and learn from me and here it goes these next couple of words gives us a glimpse into the heart of Jesus for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light out of all the adjectives that Jesus could have used to describe his heart for people he chooses these two words right here gentle and lowly gentle and lowly now i don't know about you guys but i don't know and or have many examples of people who exemplify this who exemplify gentle and loneliness you see gentle and lowly doesn't exactly get celebrated in our culture right think about it you don't make it to the cover of time magazine being gentle and lonely you can't make it you can't make a career as a gentle and lowly tiktoker right i don't think there's a lot of sponsors for that no what what gets celebrated in fact is the opposite of gentle and lowly loud and boisterous vulgar and brash proud and extravagant that's what we elevate that's what we emulate that's oftentimes what we admonish and admire however when we look at the heart of jesus our king the king who ransomed the world through the unthinkable gift of his own life on the cross his heart is gentle and lowly remember the the heart is the very core or the essence of a person and when you peel back the layers of Jesus's heart what you find at his very core is gentleness and lowliness so i don't know about you guys but that rocks my world so what does it mean what does it mean that Jesus's heart is gentle and lowly well number one it means that Jesus is humble the Greek word that is translated gentle there in this passage is the Greek word praus and it means this it means mildness of disposition gentleness of spirit meekness core to Jesus's being and to his relation to you and to me is his disposition of gentleness and humility Jesus is humble. And I think this can be a difficult um, a concept, a difficult thing for us to wrap our minds around because in large part, let's be honest, we're prideful people. And we live in a prideful world, and we are surrounded by prideful people. Even right now, as I'm telling you this, you're probably thinking to yourself, you know, no no way, Danny. Ah, shoot, I I ain't proud, okay? I'm the humblest person I know. In fact, I'm the humblest person in this whole church. By the way, you saying that you're proving my point. Another reason as to why this may be difficult for us to grasp uh, the gentleness and humility of Jesus is because sometimes when you hear the word humble or gentle, you connect that automatically to weakness. When you went to school, the biggest and baddest dude in high school wasn't the meek, mild, shy, humble dude, right? Or as in a couple of weeks when you're going to gather around the dinner table for Thanksgiving, the one that holds the attention of the room, the one that gets all the laughters from everybody, the one who wins all the political debates and then knows all the right answers, the one who adamantly gets their point across about vaccinations and masks. It's not the humble, gentle, quiet person, right? No, it's the strong one, the outspoken one, not the humble one. So the humble one then must be weak, right? Well, humility and gentleness does not mean weakness. I mean just like what the look at what the author of Hebrews says about Jesus about this gentle and lowly 
person. Look what the author says in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact expression of his nature, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Now, I don't know about you, but Jesus being the radiance of God's glory, being the exact expression of God, sustaining all things by his powerful words, that doesn't sound like the description of a weakling to me. That sounds like someone who is powerful and mighty and strong and deserving of my respect and honor. Humility and gentleness does not equal weakness. In fact, it takes a strong person to withhold from his strength so as not to overpower a weaker person. Consider this scenario. If you have children or if you have nieces and nephews or little children around you, and you get into a wrestling match with them and you're tossing and you're tussling, you pretend to punch or throw an elbow or to push, right? But those punches are not thrown using your full force, right? You withhold your power. You withhold your strength. Maybe you pretend as though you've been even defeated by the child, all the while knowing that you full well could have had your way with them and dominated them, but you withheld. Jesus' gentleness is not his weakness. It is Jesus with all his might and all his power and all his splendor and all his majesty humbly stooping down to embrace us. In a world where we have models of pride, but not many models of humility, there's many models of strength and brutality, but not many models of gentleness. The scriptures call us to model our lives after Jesus. Look at what the author said in Philippians chapter 2, verse 68, talking about this very deal right here. He says, Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. This week, you're going to be presented with an opportunity to either exercise your pride or to be like Jesus and exercise your humility. The question is, what will you choose? Pride will be very enticing. Pride is what hides in the very fabric of our human society. Because at its core, pride is what fuels the question, what's in it for me? What can I get out of it? What is going to make me feel good? What is going to bring me pleasure? What is going to make me happy and bring me happiness? Be honest with yourself enough to realize that your pride is oftentimes what is at the core of the decisions that you make. From the career choice that you make to the relationships that you have. As soon as something no longer brings you pleasure or no longer serves your prideful purposes, it's yesterday's news, it's gone, it's cut off from your life forever. Pride is what will give you priority over everything and everyone else. However, humility will cause you to think less about yourself and more about the people that God would have you cross paths with. It will cause you to go from what can I get out of it to who can I serve or who can I pour into. You know, I love this quote from Timothy Keller. He's a pastor right here in New York City. And he says this, The essence of gospel humility is not thinking more of myself or thinking less of myself. It is thinking of myself less. And no one exemplified this quite like Jesus. 
at the core of his heart for you and me is his gentle heart. It's his humility. And it's that humility that will permit God to put on flesh and to enter our world and to die for our sin and for the sin of his creation. The second thing, Jesus being gentle and lowly, is that means that Jesus is approachable. Have you guys ever met someone who was unapproachable? It's not that you didn't want to approach them, but they just let off, right? That, 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 that thing, like you, you just couldn't. They were unapproachable. Oftentimes we get this feeling with celebrities, if they're ever a person that you really held in high regard, you read all their books, you've seen all their movies, and you follow them vehemently on social media. But when you see them in person, right, they're unapproachable. It's, it's kind of, it's daunting to kind of go up to them, or it's very difficult. There's a crowd around them. But of course, this doesn't have to be a celebrity. If there were ever a person, you know, that you looked up to like a boss or a co-worker, a classmate, or even a family member, you know, and they're just so unapproachable and inaccessible, whether it's because of their demeanor, the way they are, or because of their busy schedule, or because they're simply too big for their britches and they're too prideful to get off their high horse, you know, to meet with a, a peasant as yourself, right? Sometimes we can translate that same idea into how we view Jesus. In fact, I couldn't even tell you how many times I've heard from people say that. I mean, I'll, I'll go to church when I got my life figured out. When I got my life together, that's when I, I'm going to go. And what are they saying essentially when they say that? Essentially they're saying because of the current state I'm in, I cannot approach Jesus. Jesus is unapproachable because I'm too dirty. I'm too unclean. But Jesus says of himself that he's gentle and lowly. That lowliness is what makes him approachable. And the Greek word that's translated lowly is tapenos. And it means low-lying, lowly, or lowly in position or spirit. And what it means is that Jesus is approachable. Think of it this way. When you want to intimidate, uh, let's say like a child, right? Because, because of the size difference, you enhance your stance, right? You raise your voice, you stand over them. But if you want, them to approach you, if you want them to trust you or to confide in you or, or to soothe their owie or soothe their boo-boo, right? What do you do? You stoop down to their level. You tap in those. You, you get down low. Fellas, when you approach your potential spouse, you buy a ring, you make reservations, you alert the family, and then what do you do? You tap in those, right? You get you get down low and you propose to your wife. You get down on one knee. Why do you do that? Why? Because you're saying in your lowly position that she can trust you, that she can confide in you, that you're approachable, that in a world full of danger and vulgarity and lust and infidelity and licentiousness, she is safe in your arms. And what does Jesus do for us? He tapenos. He gets down low. He enters our messiness. He enters our brokenness. With, with all our crookedness, with all our sin, He says, you can approach me. And better yet, I have already come near to you. I have already approached to you. The author of the book writes this, and you guys will be able to read this this week, hopefully as you crack open the books. He writes this, Christ does not cringe at reaching out and touching dirty sinners and numb sufferers. Such embrace is precisely what he loves to do. He cannot bear to hold back. How does Jesus approach us? How do we know that he is approachable? It comes by way of the invitation. The invitation in the verse that we first read when we first began. 
Check it out one more time, Matthew 11. Look at the invitation. He says, come to me all. Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. The invitation is there to come to him. And that's what's true for every single one of us today, that we have the opportunity to respond to a warm, gentle, and welcoming invitation from Jesus to come to him. Who can come to him? Well, technically, the invitation in, uh, in this passage is to those who labor and are heavy laden. In other words, those who are able to acknowledge their need. Because let's be honest, who isn't weary? Who isn't carrying heavy burdens? The burdens of life, the burdens of responsibility and relationships, the burdens of trying to live up to your dreams. But however, not everyone is willing to admit their need. Not everyone is willing to admit their burdens. But to those of us that do, Jesus gives an invitation. And when you accept this invitation, you will find gentleness and lowliness. You will receive mercy, not retribution. You will receive grace, not wrath. You receive forgiveness, not hatred. You will receive acceptance, not rejection. And if you're listening to me today and you're not a follower of Jesus, the invitation of Jesus is open to you. You're invited to experience love, mercy, forgiveness that is granted in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus who died in our place for the retribution of our sins and who conquered the grave to secure our place in the household of God. And to accept his invitation, all you need to do is put your faith in him. And for all of us, is your disposition as Christ's disposition? Are you humble and gentle in word and action? Are you lowly? Are you approachable? Are you accessible as Jesus is? Because it is impossible, impossible to experience the kindness of Jesus and not allow that to so stir your heart to go out and do the same. That's the encouragement I want to leave you with today. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for being gentle and lowly. Thank you for humbly stepping into our world, for God putting on human flesh and stepping into our world. And so I pray that you would help us to emulate your humility. Lord, in our prideful and pride-filled world, help us to mimic you and to be humble like you. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming accessible and approachable, that we can call out to you to save us. And when we do, Lord, you respond. Help us emulate your approachability, that people might see Christ in us, that they would approach us, that they would be drawn to us, they would be attracted to us. And that when they come, we may make much of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your gentle and lowly heart. And help us to do the same. And bless the remainder of the series, God, and everything that we're going to talk about as we continue to dig deeper into the heart of Jesus. Help us really learn and apply. And just help us see the extent of your love towards us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.